0: In the People's Corner, hailing from Corrupticate, the unconstitutional state, the undisputed super heavyweight civil rights activist, I do weigh over 400 pounds, the Italian Clydesdale. Okay, so I thought I'd share how I got four criminal cases dropped in four years. And so what tools you all could use and share with your friends um to leverage getting cases uh charges uh, lowered and possibly dismissed um let me first say if you have a public defender know that they will not help you prove your case um in such a way that it would impeach the police. I've never seen it happen, and I've had five public defenders over four cases. Four, three of them were supervisable. One was what they call special. He had been a former supervisable uh, public defender. Now he has his own. He has his own practice. So they, there are certain. Mm, there's a lot to talk about here. I really wish, wish um, uh, I can get this message across. I know a lot of people think it's over beyond their um, capabilities. It's really not. Um, or it's legal stuff and they'll hire a lawyer. Or if they're indigent, they'll use a public defender. Well, let me tell you, 94% of the people in prison never had a trial. That's a fact. In the United States, we have approximately 4.3% of the world's population, and we have upwards of 22, some say 25% of the world's incarcerated people, and 30% of the world's incarcerated women. So, this is incarceration nation. Our incarceration rate I've read different stats, somewhere between 650 and 700 per 100,000. China, the big red scare with all the human rights violations, alleged human rights violations, I'm sure there's quite a few, but they incarcerate at a rate of approximately 150 per 100,000. So we're at least fourfold that of China, fourfold, 400% higher. Russia, last stats I read, is around 400 per 100,000, which puts us, you know, at, at 700,000. We're, we're a third higher. So we are an incarceration nation. And the sad thing is, a lot of people incarcerated in this country have grown up, uh, well, 80% of the women statistically incarcerated of the women incarcerated in this country have been sexually abused. That's the statistics I found. 80% have been sexually abused. By the time they are put in prison, and then only God knows what may or may not happen there. So, you know, we have a... And I don't know what the numbers are for men, but, you know, I know, you know, the the Sexual Violence Alliance reports that one-sixth of men have been sexually abused one six so how that plays into the you know uh criminal activity there's a lot of studies on that The child abuse uh doesn't have to be sexual could be physical uh, psychological uh is often uh unfortunately what leads to criminal activity as an adult so So we're punishing a bunch of wounded people. Now, I'm not suggesting that there aren't people who need to be kept out of society because they're a threat. I mean, you know. On the other hand, when you have a system that doesn't rehabilitate and you have a revolving door of arrests and incarcerations, arrests and incarcerations, um, with that high incarceration, incarceration rate and little hope when one gets out of prison for finding a job, getting housing, you know, especially if you have some felonies on your record. It's it's a system that uh, does not take into account what contributes to the crime rate and how to fix it. So I can't fix a system. What I can tell you is what my experience has been in getting criminal cases dropped and, and I'm going to invite folks again. I don't have anybody interested in it. This is just a bad time. I thought this, I know I've talked about this before, maybe it's because people have heard me already on call and, and feel I've pretty much explained it. Well, on the Jenny Hatch show, which I did and on Skywatch. but I thought now that I, me and Shaw have our own in the people's corner. Yeah, I have to do one for In the People's Corner and also for anyone who hasn't heard it yet. You know, so I am the only person in Connecticut, according to the former Chief Deputy Public Defender, Brian Carlo, to get two cases year over year dropped, never taking a plea bargain. Two. I've, I've gotten four. So I'm saying this to... Share with you how I did that. Well, first of all, the illegal arrests were easy to expose, at least in my opinion. I was there, I know. I said, what do you mean the illegal arrest bill? Well, if you're reporting crimes, it's illegal to arrest you reporting crimes. And that happened to me three times, actually four. And I, I won't dive into each case, but I'm just trying to, They're emblematic and give you how corrupt it is that I got prosecuted with completely false police reports. So let's say you got things stacked against you, right? You got a false police report. You know, it's false. You were there. Um, Okay. You have to meet with your public defender. Let's assume you have a public defender. If you hired an attorney, you don't really need to know all this unless you feel he's doing you wrong, which can happen. They're all part of the big club and we're not in it, you know. American Bar Association, local chapter. And they are friends with one another very I mean, they learn to get along, they've gone to school, the best schools, they, you know a lot of them are multi-generational. Law firms, you know, they have Christmas parties together, belong to the golf clubs together. They have their ABA meetings, if it's once a month, I'm not sure. They have Christmas parties, you know, trust me, your local ABA chapter, those people know one another and they work together. They work together. There's a book, Legal Abuse Syndrome, Karen Huffer. She was, she's passed away, MFT, Marriage and Family Therapist. Legal Abuse Syndrome, Karen Huffer. Excellent resource. I'm going to give you a couple of them. And then try and get them in the chat. Hopefully we'll get some callers. And then I can get these things in the chat. Uh, you know, post the sites. But there's another great resource. I'm going to list off a couple right now. Okay. Uh, caught like catching fish. net, The pro se way. This woman got caught in the system in Rhode Island and her way of, you know, taking back her power was to put together this site, which has really saved my ass uh, numerous times, you know, stopping corruption, standing up for yourself, learning, whether it's criminal, civil, whatever you're dealing with, she's got links. Dealing with corrupt judges. She's got links. Trust me. This woman really, really put together an excellent site with a lot of resources. Okay, so another one is the Crime Scene Investigation Guidelines, CSI Guidelines, which the photo or the meme I put up for this particular episode is uh, the photo in the PDF. You can find this online. The Crime Scene Investigation Guidelines in a PDF form commissioned by the Department of Justice in 2009. For all law enforcement, so a bill that's kind of old. Everything's built on that. DOJ reform guidelines, any police oversight bill—you got to have a foundation. The foundation hasn't really changed. There may be some slight changes since, but the foundation is still the foundation. So the crime scene and guess investigation guidelines—best of my recollection—it's just under 200 pages. There are books titled that as well, which you can order now. Well, there's another one, the Public Defender's Rulebook for the Indigent, which every state has one. Now, keep in mind, because you have a public defender, it doesn't mean he's, he's representing you according to the rulebook. He's not. Because if he was, he'd be zealously, truthfully, and loyally representing you, which might cause him to impeach some corrupt cops or the complainants. If you're fighting a system where you're going up against power, corrupt uh, corporate profit, non-profit entities that have a lot of power, your public defender is not going to help you impeach the cops and or the complainants. He will not do it. I've had five, four of which are supervisory they violate the public defender's rulebook for the indigent. Their job is to clear the docket. You you will often be overcharged, at least that was my experience, falsely charged, completely falsely charged, with false statements and declarations, with hearsay statements, with no corroborating evidence. In fact, all evidence would be what's called exculpatory, at least in my cases, would exonerate. No inculpatory evidence material aspects of evidence in fact if the public defenders did their job they file motions for discovery with the prosecutors the prosecutors by the way required to disclose this anyway to opposing counsel but to go through the you know legal procedures your public defender should file or your, your attorney motions for discovery for all what's called inculpatory that's which would impeach you and exculpatory that which would get you off you know exonerate you evidence that includes any material evidence could be uh emails uh voicemails um any recordings of any kind be it um you know audio and or visual um So you you have hard material evidence. And if there's something used in the alleged crime, somehow, then that could be relevant. Um, Then you have potential witness statements, not just from the complainants or the arresting officer. There may be other witnesses that could be a sculptor on your behalf. There may be actually other police officers. That leads me to another thing. Okay, so... Filing a citizen's complaint. If you get arrested and you know that report's fraudulent, first of all, if you have a public defender, you're going to get arraigned. and are going give it a court date. You're going to get arraigned. Insist your public defender provide you with all police reports. That includes incident reports and arrest reports. Because you're going to be your own defendant and you're going to present it to him. Or her, because they just want to go by the police report, trying and offer you a plea bargain, see if you'll plead down to something if you won't accept initially, force you into jail diversion programs if you refuse to take a plea bargain, or maybe as part of a plea bargain. You see, so they're not there to do all this work. They're there to clear the docket. They don't have enough time and enough staff to do all the work for every case. You see? So the police report becomes a golden rule, then they go off of that and say, well, according to the police report, I've had it happen every time, according to the police report, as if it's, you know, written in stone or something, came down from Mount Sinai. That's not the case. People say, well, the police don't arrest people for no reason. That's true. But the question is, is it legit? Is it legal? Do they have probable cause? Is it politically motivated? Is it corrupt, you know, corrupt and and politically motivated which is is one of the same you see what I'm saying so but their position is of course if they're a public defender them and the police and the prosecutor and the judge are all on one side of the aisle and you're on the other and that's what legal abuse syndrome even has a cartoon like that so in in the book so this is not something that I'm just you know you know pooping out no this is legit Okay. And even if you're paying an attorney, he's part of the Bar Association. He doesn't want to poop in his own backyard and go too far to help you impeach the cops or the complainants. Not happening. And the best you can get is a Nolly offer where no you never go to trial, no evidence. See, they know this. No evidence is, if, even if the prosecutor's bearing exculpatory evidence, it doesn't matter to him because you're not going to go to trial anyway. You see? And they're they're counting on their public defenders to get you to, you know, comply with uh, and and go along with a plea bargain. That whole system's rigged. The police officers write the report, write the false reports. don't think about it if they're dancing for the powers that be, a corrupt law firm, the Catholic Church, hotel credit card banksters, you know, pick one. You know, some powerful entity, right? They are not there to help you. They are there to clear the docket, those public defenders. They will not do their job, especially if it means it would impeach the police officers and the complaints. It's not going to happen. I went through four of these. Five public defenders altogether, and four of which were senior public defenders. Senior. Senior public defenders. We're talking, you know, supervisory and what they call special. What's the difference, Bill? Well, the supervisor is one with the most experience in the courthouse. They don't handle misdemeanors. They're there to handle high felonies. They have a whole staff to handle of different levels of experience. The low misdemeanors are handled by the people who are just coming on board. So, you know, if you have misdemeanors and you're assigned a supervisor public defender, they're looking to railroad you because they're covering up for some powerful entity. In my case, the Catholic Church, corrupt law firms, um, corrupt probate courts. Uh, I can, you know, without calling all the details that I fought. Okay, so they're not going to help you impeach them. They're not going to help you impeach the cops. So you forget about them doing their job for you. And that's where you have to gain knowledge. Knowledge is power. And so earlier, initially, I talked about you know the resources, which I've talked about in the Jenny Has show and on Skywatch. But since now uh, me and Shaw put together in the People's Corner, I thought of course it's appropriate for me to put out one um, you know coming from our own uh, call in. Um, so call in room, whatever you call it, and so. That's what I'm doing right now. And hopefully she'll be able to um, publish it because my phone doesn't have the memory to do that. And then we can put it up and people can learn. Okay. So what have I covered so far? I've covered the crime scene investigation guidelines. You have to gain knowledge. I've covered court.net, the pro se way, which is a great resource that you can find all these things you can find online. I've covered the public defender's rulebook for the indigent in your state, whatever it is. You'll find that online. Okay, those are good places to start if you if you're of a legal mind and you want to read those, and then learn what you need to do to help. You know. Def- well, allegedly, this well with assist your public defender who's supposed to be doing their job. But basically, you're putting them in a position where you're like, look, I'm not going to take that plea bargain because I insist you provide me with the police reports. I insist you provide me with any um, incident report. I insist you get the evidence to prove I'm innocent, material evidence, be they emails, uh, voicemails, uh, e- you know, any material evidence. Any any audio or visual recordings that may have been made. Do you follow me? Lots, most places are surveilled today with surveillance cameras, right? Some have um, voice-activated ability to record, you know? And so you want to make sure that they're filing motions for discovery to make sure the prosecutor turns that over. He's supposed to do it. The prosecutor's supposed to. But that's the way it's supposed to work. And the way it works can be very different. You see, then you have witness statements, you know, not just the complaints against you. There may be other witnesses, other people in the office, other people around the situation that saw things, maybe other police officers that arrived on the scene. Okay. So, you, you know, your public defender is supposed to do all that for you, but I've never had one do it. Even because here's why. They know that 97, well, if you're talking misdemeanors, especially first offenses, they never go to court. You're not going to have a trial on this. 94% of the people in prison never had a trial. And they're in prison. You see? And then of public defenders, the stats I read is depending on where you are and the level of the charge, between 95% to
1: 98%
0: never have a trial. So, in other words, it's limited to the high, the, you know, the mid and high level felonies. A lot of those don't go to trial because they're pled out. But if you're talking misdemeanors, you are not going to have a trial. Unless you have like a lot of misdemeanors backed up, bum, 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 Say within a 13 month period, you, you can, I don't know, not committed, but you are charged with uh, four different crimes or something, you know. Well, then they'll probably put you in jail under the three, three strike rule for minimum a maximum of three months while they investigate. Like this guy's creating all kinds of problems or something. That never happened to me either. Okay. All right. So over this four-year period, one thing I learned to do was to file citizens' complaints with the police department, with the arresting officer and the house sergeant on duty who signs off on the arrest. And then – you follow commendations. Here's what commendations for the good cops. In my case, there are always good cops in the middle who wouldn't make a bad arrest either on the scene or that I reported to ahead of time. So I wouldn't get arrested while I filed complaints. And, you know, or those that visited me to talk to me. And I'm like, well, what am I doing illegal? Nothing. Why are you here? You know? And so that cop can become your ally when he realizes you're not going to be intimidated. He's just like, tell me the penal code. What are you investigating? What 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 is the allegation that brings you to my door? You see? Now, I'm going to cite a case law here in Connecticut. And most case laws that are in superior court in any state can be brought forth in another state as long as it's superior court. You see what I mean? So in the Connecticut, there's a case of State versus Michael Nowacki, AC, that's appellate case 34577 7 in the Superior Courts. So if there's a contract between you and another party, be it written, oral, and or implied, your communication can become contentious. That's over a civil matter. The police are not to get involved with charging you with harassment. That's not their job. Now, if you're bothering somebody that you have no contract with, be it either written, oral, or implied, and you keep calling them or you're berating them, that's another matter. Then you can get charged with harassment. Right? That makes sense. But if you say, I don't know, you're making candy canes with somebody, and you're going to change the formula and make it all natural and have different color swirls, and there's a disagreement over something in the process that you have a contract over in this acquiring of, you know, uh, raw materials and manufacturing process and God knows what, well, you can disagree and send emails back and forth. You know, as long as you don't threaten that person with bodily harm, you know, that's another matter. Then you can get charged with threatening. If you get really upset, you know, I've had enough of this, you know, I want to get out of the contract and then you may end up, You know, saying, okay, never mind, I'll just sue you. That's not a personal threat. That's a statement of intent. You have a right to sue somebody and saying, okay, enough. I've tried to work with you and, you know, you're unreasonable. I need to get out of this contract. You want to enforce it, whatever. If you say, you know, that's enough, I'm going to get a lawyer and I'll see you in court. That's not illegal to say that. It's not. And especially... If you're dealing with an agency that's supposed to be helping you report crimes, then you are reporting the crimes and the police are mandated reporters. You cannot be charged with a crime. They are the ones who are acting criminally by obstructing your complaint, your criminal complaint. And that was relevant in my cases. And people have heard me on them before. No, I don't need to dive into each one. Right now, I'm more about just covering the tools you can use that I used to leverage my public defenders. Now, here's another thing. At some point, if you really put up a good fight, your, your, your public defender may come to you and say, well, the prosecutor wants to dismiss the case. Terrific. He's going uh, what what, to, I don't know what conditions. I mean, how is that going to work? Oh, he's going to nollie it out. What's a nolly? What do you mean he's gonna nolly it out? He's gonna dismiss it. These are supervisor public defenders. They're gonna nolly it. And I'm like, you know what? I think I'm gonna ask Mr. Google, because you haven't been defending me. You've just been allowing me to get railroaded for four months or eight months, and you haven't, you know, acquired all the exculpatory evidence. You haven't gotten the sworn statements from the people I wanted, you haven't gotten the audiovisual evidence needed you have you know, there is nothing harassing in nature about my emails i'm reporting crimes and or voicemails i have a right to do that so you're not you're malpracticing so i'm going to go look up what a is <laughs> and i say this i'm very upfront with my public defenders every time i had one i said you know something i don't trust you let me ask mr google and sure enough i found out what a nolly is So say four months into a church arrest where I'm in therapy and I'm talking about the crimes of the church at large, how do you get arrested doing that? Nothing illegal about that. That's why you're in counseling. No, they need to protect their corrupt criminal syndicate. I'm not going to dive into this. And they had recently changed priests and they didn't want to talk about what was the crisis, why they get rid of the last priest. You don't want to talk about that to red flag to me because I know the history of the church. So guess what? I'm not harassing anybody. I think you're maybe harboring a a molester. That's not harassing to say either. That's what it looked like. She was a huge red flag to me. So obviously, I'm not harassing anybody by making those accusations. Why would they be so defensive? That's called a huge red flag. So anyway, the cops are used to covering up for the criminals in this state. So this is what happens. And that's not hyperbole. My cases are emblematic. So how you doing, Charlie? How you doing, Unchanged? Hope you're doing okay today. So anyway, so I'm covering the bases again like I've covered on the Jenny Hatch show, but I don't see those up anymore or on Skywatch. They may be on Skywatch, but now that I have my own room, boom, I'm going to cover the bases. Okay. So I'm doing that the best I can. Got to keep it to around an hour, according to Shaw and Shaw, the king of kings, my friend, who's doing the uh, editing and publishing. Okay, so I kind of lost my turn. Okay, so, right, if you're reporting crimes, it's a crime for them to charge you with harassment, literally. They're obstructing your complaint then. Those cops are mandated reporters. It is a crime of obstruction literally, I think it's a class D felony in Connecticut, for them to claim you're harassing somebody. This is what kept happening. But you see, the reason this happens is they know that those cases are not going to go to trial. They never will. They're all low misdemeanors. So they write false reports, they make up accusations, and they're hoping to leverage you to just stop what you're doing try to intimidate you, and then have you go with your public pretender, and they are pretenders, even supervisory, I've had five. And they bury everything, and they're trying to leverage you into a plea bargain. You're like, oh, the hell with that. Drop the cases. There's nothing here. There's nothing to nolly out that's going to hang over me for 13 months, which a nolly will from date of arrest. It's not a total dismissal. And then you got to get it expunged. From your record. No, 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 no. I'm the one reporting the crimes. So I'm not taking a nolly. You're supposed to take my complaints. I said to my public defender, supervisor ones in Derby Courthouse, Paul, I said, why don't you write up the complaints on the real criminals, Paul? Like the Catholic Church child molesters and their co-conspirators, the cops who cover up for them. Should we start with that? We're not prosecuting anybody uh, except me, the victim, trying to report the crimes, Paul. So then the trickery comes in. Of course, what are in my emails, nothing that would impeach me. There is no evidence. I had any intent to harass anybody. None. And so then the trickery comes in. Oh, Jesus, this guy's not going to roll over. We're going to invoke Department of Mental Health Addictive Services the shrink puppeteers for the court, to claim you're not competent to go to trial. What? I'm the one signing the laws in the case law. By the way, state versus Nowaki, AC 34577, that's the appellate case. That's tertiary. It's not even primary or secondary as a defense. You need a public defender who's going to create what's called an affirmative defense for you. Meaning, they're going to... They're going to represent you, according to the Public Defender's Rule for the Indigent, zealously, truthfully, and loyally. Forget about it. It ain't happening. They don't have the time to do it. They don't have the resources, and they don't care. They don't give a crap. It's been my experience. They want to clear the docket, and they're not going to help you stand up and impeach the complainants or the cops. And the cops know they're not going to testify to these because these are all misdemeanors that are going to be somehow uh, dismissed through a nolle or a jail diversion program. That you comply with the jail diversion program, and eventually it's nolled out. They know what they're doing. These these are I've always classy misdemeanors. It's outrageous that what I had to go through. But I'm trying to give you the tools so that you can fight back. So, once they involve Department of Mental Health Addictive Services, you are caught in the web. And then, oh, he's incompetent. you got to be freaking kidding me. What? They're the puppeteers, DEMAS, Department of Health Addictive Services. I say it stands for DEMAS, Diabolical, Hippocratic Oath Violating, medical malpracticing, acrimonious shrinks. That's what they are. They're not Department of Mental Health Addictive Services. They're puppeteers for the court, and I can prove it. I have emails between me and the former chief deputy public defender saying everything I said about those officials who testified against me is absolutely true, and he was willing to testify in my behalf. So, of course, I got the fourth case dismissed because at that point, they stopped. they stopped arresting me. Because I got so much evidence, including, in my case, I'm reporting a pre-sexual assault that turned out to be validated. People have heard this in New York by the Attorney General of New York, Letitia James. And then I was referred to Detroit Law in New York, New York, to talk settlement, which I won't take a gag order. Otherwise, I wouldn't be able to do this. So I told them take that gag order, stick it in their dark clouds, you know, you know where. Because that's not happening. I'm not taking money to shut up. And then we have the probate thieves, and of course, eventually the DOJ, in my case, indicted fraud and Ponzi scheme, the court appointed CPA Joe Castellano. That press release is available online. Talked about it before. and But no co conspirators, none of those corrupt four judges or my corrupt executor. No, no, no. Why? Because it's a big club, and we're not in it, ladies and gentlemen. And you'll never find the DOJ helping you to impeach corrupt cops, corrupt judges, corrupt public defenders. You forget about that. They're not going to do it. They're all part of Big Brother, Uncle Sam in the United States. It doesn't happen. It's never happened. So then they got to use demons to say you're freaking crazy. You're delusional bipolar with grandiosity complex. It doesn't matter that, of course, the investigation was ongoing in New York, and then it blows up in their face when Leticia James sends me a thank you letter because I, she got corroborating evidence. And not only the Monsignor who sexually assaulted me, but a whole slew of priests at Fordham, including Cardinal McCarrick, the first Cardinal defrocked in 500 years. Yeah. Fordham, Fordham, F U, F U, Fordham University. Boy, did I get F U'd for too long. And then, of course, you know, ba-dump-dump. you have the grave robbing probate courts. I'll tell you what, when I was on Facebook and I was involved with about twelve groups from criminal justice reform, societal reform, COVID reform, uh, probate reform, it's the same all over the country, all over the world. We're run by a bunch of rapacious, corrupt, predatory monsters. I don't know what all the, you know. Mephistophelian minions of Satan they have sold their soul, and they are corrupt, and they rule this world, the seven deadly sins the, the snakes, hypocrites, brood of vipers, uh children of hell that jesus talks about matthew twenty three the seven was the hypocrites that's who rules this world. Make no mistake about it, and it's also in ephesians six twelve to thirteen The battle is not against the flesh and blood, it's against the principalities of powers. Of the rulers of this world, the darkness of the rulers of this world, the spiritual wickedness of the rulers of the world—not of Jesus Christ. Wheretofore, put on the full armor of God, so that in the midst of the battle you may stand; so in the end you may stand. And that's something I leaned on over and over again. You gotta know who beats your heart, and who walks with you, and then. You know, that's what gave me my strength. And in Psalms 23. Um, hold on a second. Thou prepares a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. I can quote the whole psalm for you, but I won't do that. You can look it up. You can use Mr. Google to look up Bible passages, of course. You don't have to own a Bible. Whatever version. I like the King James Version. People have talked about the companion Bible. I got to start looking into that. Because I think there's books in the companion Bible that are not... In the King James Version. Okay, how long have i have been doing this? Because Shaw tells me to try to keep it to an hour. Holy smokes, have I been talking for 56 minutes? Yes, I have. I think I can go over by 15 or 20 minutes. We'll see how it works with my uh, device and the app and how that all works out. I don't know. Shaw's the guy. I am like, you know, internet for dummies. You know what I mean? That's me. I didn't grow up with these devices. I had a rotary phone and uh, it was on the TV. <laughs> you know what I mean? So anyway, so, okay, so where was I? Okay, so now you're caught up with Demas, those monsters, and they're going to try and get you conserved maybe if you keep fighting them, meaning they're going to try and take away your rights, get a probate judge involved, and a guardian and conservator, just like Britney Spears. That's what they did. Yep. It's so corrupt here, they assigned me a garden and conservator to try and get me involuntarily conserved for a person in a state. Because if they did that, they'd take away all my rights to do anything, even keep my own bank accounts, my doctor's appointments, my medical procedures, whatever. we would all be managed. Because... And then, of course, I couldn't fight my civil suits. You see why they did this? Because I was suing people, and they didn't want that. So they used DEMAS. So what you got to do is when they try to get you to involuntarily conserve a person in a state, you study the probate law rule book in your state and you bring in all the evidence to prove you're not that person that they claim you are because you've got doctor's letters. You get letters from your good doctors. If you have to get an independent psych eval, get it. That's your best defense. Get an independent psych eval. Don't let the state psych eval pigeonhole you into something. OK, then you you got your bank statements, your medical evidence, letters from your doctors, everything you need to counter the narrative that the that corrupt conservator and guardian are trying to do at the behest of the corrupt judges and the whole system. And I did and I got it thrown out, but they weren't done there because I was busy litigating and filing lawsuits and I never lost an argument in civil court. First 10 law firms, It's a true story, swear to God. Arguable motions, they're trying to get cases dropped. They'll bring a motion to strike, later non-suit, later summary judgment, anything they can. They never wanted to go to interrogatories or depositions or jury selection because they're so corrupt. They got to, you know, <laughs> cover it all up. Boom, boom. So... Of course, then I got arrested in the courthouse, minding my own business, filing subpoena requests, outing a corrupt judge, and and, uh, and a motion to open hearing, pursuing fraud on the court, abuse of judicial discretion. Again, thank God for court.net, the pro se way. She has links on how to deal with corrupt judges. Girl will put that together. Court.net, the pro se way. Praise that lady. That's how she fought back. She got caught in the system, and she educated herself, and she put together this site. It's wonderful. So I always give kudos to her. I don't even know her name. I don't think she even has her name on it. I've never seen it. So I got to pay it forward, you know. So let's see. Did I miss anything? I didn't make a list. I just said, you know what? I got to talk about this. Oh, and then get your motions or anything you file or any complaints you have to you know for internal for police officers send it off to your house representative and state senator you got to get outside the box and then you have the house judiciary committee if you're out in corrupt judges you have you have to get well. i found get it outside the box the box being your local courthouse And so that way, you get people aware, you have to wake people up, then you can file complaints with the Department of Justice, both at your, you know, uh, uh, local DOJ office, your district office, and in Washington, I've done all that, your Attorney General's office. In other words, see now, for a lot of people who hire an attorney, they don't have to think about any of this. Or if you have a misdemeanor and you're willing to take the nollie, going to jail, diversion, like you know, all that isn't worth it, Bill. I, I got a life. I get it, but for me, I, I wasn't working. I was disabled, and I had the time, and it was interesting to me, and still is. And so I was like, well, I'm going to fight it, you know. Then I'm going to file lawsuits. I withdrew all those lawsuits, by the way, if anyone's interested. Just FYI, withdrew them without prejudice. Meaning there's no double jeopardy. I would do them within the statute of limitation window that you know, where they were legit. They let them expire, get motions against me. They didn't have to go to the appellates. I just withdrew them without prejudice, so there's no double jeopardy. I gotta have multiple surgeries. The Access to Justice Commission should have assigned me attorneys, a pro bono working group, but they were too busy for two years finally they're blocking my calls. All the whole situation's corrupt. In other words, I shouldn't have to go to court. The pro bono working group for the Access to Justice Commission, Center for Family Justice, Justice Legal Center, should have assigned me attorneys. But nope, nope, not in the unconstitutional state. Okay, so then someone maybe you can do Zoom. Well, here's the problem. You write a lawsuit and you send it in by mail. First of all, snail mail, you know, you got to get a certified I don't have a means. To, I can't even get out of the house. I have a means to drive or anything like that. So I'm like, uh, yeah. And then the judge is going to find every possible loophole, even though it may be fraudulent, to dismiss it. It's a, Now it's a federal civil rights case. 42 USC 1983 is a jurisdiction, civil rights jurisdiction, with ADA subsections, American Disability Act subsections, because I'm disabled. Abuse of a psychiatrically, physically disabled person is, best of my recollection, Section 18, U.S. 12101. Anyway, I got all this stuff not logged between my earlobes, all this legal stuff, because I've bought I it for so long. But, you know, I got to ask for statute of limitation waivers, which are really hard to get. And to try and do it all by mail, it's too easy for them. Off the phone here, my partner called, and uh, anyway, the, I'm going to make a, a a call in on how I got my SSDI, but boy, what a corrupt system that is. Holy smokes, I could talk more about all this. So thank you so much, everybody. I hope it helps someone. How you doing, Charlie? And thanks for the call in. I really appreciate it, being able to interact with people, share things, and, uh, you know, get outside the box here. Uh, where I am, and uh, reach out to people around not only this country, but around the world. It's a real gift. All right. Namaste. All right. Let's see. bonatati in the People's Corner from, hailing from Corrupticut, the unconstitutional state, the Italian Clydesdale, over and out.